Ruhi Archita, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, we're starting this over again. Okay, you have to lean into the mic. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. like, hey. Someone's like, who's that echoing in the back? Oh, I'm going to lean like this. Archita's avoidance style is coming out. I know, it is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show, where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth, from depressed, disempowered, and dependent, to flourishing within an incredible life I've created. This podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. <laughs> this episode, man, it's good. It's so good. I'm laughing because I just had the most enjoyable time listening back to and editing this podcast and the intro I thought was adorable and funny but this might be one of my favorite podcast episodes it it might I mean I say this a lot I say every week that I'm excited about it because I, I really genuinely am so in love with what I do I am so excited about the people and the topics and conversations I mean I would not choose the people and the topics if I was not so excited about them and ha- did not have what I feel to be super important, encouraging, empowering things to say. Like I I really think through what did I need to hear three years ago that nobody was saying. <laughs> and I really wish I had because it would have made things a whole lot easier. And I weren't would have maybe hopefully learned my lessons a whole lot faster. It's really what I'm trying to do here. And yeah, this episode's up there. It's just it's so good. I think partly just because of the intimacy that I have with Ruhi and Archita. They are dear friends. I mean, these women have been with me through it. Um, I've known both of them for at least at least since 2018. So that's like, what, five years? Um, maybe even a little bit before that. Ruhi, I definitely met fall of 2018. Um, she actually had me on a brand trip. She was working on um, a team at a PR firm that had a trip for a phone case slash travel luggage brand. Um, and I went on this trip. It was my first and only time to San Francisco. And we just hit it off. And we had so much fun on that trip. Um, there was, I mean, there was four, three girls and four guys, but the other two girls, very kind, wonderful, amazing people, but they were very like, you know, um, prim and proper and wellnessy and not really drinking and clean cut. And we were in wine country in Napa and the guys were crazy and so fun. And Ruhi and I kind of bonded. We were like the only two girls that were like, let's have fun. And we had fun. I, my favorite memory with her was playing Never Have I Ever in the jacuzzi at this insane bougie luxury resort with these like they were all gay, the guys. Uh, it was like, I think three of them made it to the top. So it was the five of us. And we were just, it was just so much fun. <laughs> it was just hilarious because Ruhi and I were these like both raised, as you'll learn in the episode, in more conservative cultures and like never had I ever done like anything that was mentioned in the game. So I was like the winner or the loser. I forget what it is, but I was like out right away because I was like, I've not done anything. <laughs> um, and it was just like hilarious because we related in a lot of things. And I went through my divorce about a year after that. And then Ruhi went through her divorce 
I think it was a it was two years after that and we bonded and Cheetah was literally there for me through my first breakup with Jeff. She was literally, it was like a week or two after Jeff and I broke up. We were still living together. And we, I had this invite to this mansion in Montauk, which I'd only been to Montauk, I think twice ever. And she came with me with Jeff because I had gotten Jeff a DJing gig at this bougie event. And I had to go as an influencer but I had connected him to the PR firm because they needed a DJ. And so I was like, you got to go with me, girl. And we, it was just, I've had just so many crazy adventures with these women. But they have also become such rocks for me when it comes to dating and just self-love, personal power. They are literally amazing women. Just so incredible, so wise, so kind, so caring, so inspirational, honestly. Like they truly challenged me and helped me become a better woman and have helped me navigate because I mean, I was the last one of this, of the three of us to really like get into full on dating in a big city like LA slash New York. And they have so much to share and I have so much then that I've learned since they (laughs) helped me. I mean, we're still all just there for each other, but I just think about this year and I mean, not Ruhi, sorry, Archita literally explained to me what casually dating was because I didn't realize I was casually dating somebody and I didn't know what it meant. And I was like, this is so confusing. And she was like, girl, I got you. Let me break it down. Um, So they have been through it because they've been single and dating longer than I both of them in New York City which you know I mean it's it's a thing (laughs) like buckle up it's a wild ride in these major cities being you know even on a dating app um so they just they we go through it all we go through so much but it's just this is literally an episode to empower you and help you be able to navigate dating from a place of peace and empowerment like I feel so good right now in my dating experiences like I am literally really only magnetizing high vibe experiences overall and like yes nobody's perfect and obviously they've all ended thus far but also I'm newly in dating I wasn't really expecting that like things to be extremely like I don't know I just I kind of figured I'd be dating for a while and like learning about myself um, in many ways and overall I'd say like 90% of my experiences have been so good and I really do think it's from having a lot of this wisdom and insight and being in a good place in myself internally and we talk about all of this it's like what we talk about in this episode and so I just I hope it helps you guys because I know how confusing and just discouraging and painful it can be you know at times and so when you have good supports and you have a good head on your shoulders and you're good with yourself and you kind of know how to navigate a lot of the sticky stuff it just makes a difference so that's that was the goal for this episode I hope you guys love it I hope it's also wildly entertaining (laughs) I hope you laugh at and learn from our experiences and mistakes um and just yeah feel our love and also see what's possible for you in terms of how supportive your friendships can be for when you're going through things but also how expansive and in your power you can be 
when it comes to your dating experiences. So I won't ramble on too much longer because this was a long episode, but I hope you guys enjoy. And obviously all of us are here if you need to. I, I know Ruhi and Artita because I know them so well. Like if you need advice or support, DM them. They will answer you, um, as will I, obviously, always. Um, but I hope you enjoy and definitely give us your feedback. If you have thoughts or other tips to add or questions, whatever it is, let us know. Everything's linked in the show notes. And yeah, enjoy. Ruhi and Archita, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. I feel like this is going to be a very giggly podcast episode. 100%. But as I shared in the introduction, these two ladies have been a rock for me and a guiding light, literally lighthouses, (laughs) when it comes to dating. I have leaned on them so much for advice as I have been navigating getting back into dating, especially like, honestly, I don't even have a lot of experience, which you guys know, and Ruhi as well, was also married for how how long? I was married for five years. Same, exactly about five years. Another weird overlap between our lives. And I think that's actually what brought us like even closer together was, funny enough, like our divorce. Yes, it was, yes, because that's when you reached out and we really started chatting about personal things and I shared my story. And yeah, I got to just hear what was going on in your life, learn about you and just became friends and bonded over that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny too, because we met through Jordan and it was when you moved to New York and I remember asking you like, are you single or, you know, are you dating? You were like, I'm just now starting dating in New York. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I've lived here for eight years um, and I'm like, buckle up. But, you know, at that point I was also in that phase of like, being on the apps and going on dates and you know looking at it more of like a fun experience and so Mm. that it's funny because I met you in that phase of your life and I was like well we'll both have like stories to tell each other like when we're we're dating yeah yeah absolutely yeah we I guess we all did kind of start our that era of our friendship when we were all in the same same phase of dating I don't know were you single then I was with Jeff yeah I was with Jeff in California when you two met Yes. 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 Yeah. We met at Pineapple Club for that big girls' night, or that's that's the night yes. you two met, right? No, we met at the opening Avra. for Avra. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I was in New York with Jeff. This was June of 2022, May or June of 20 June of 2022, and then you both. I invited both of you guys because I thought you would hit it off, and we you did hit it off. I'm like, oh my goodness, Archita. No, it's it's just so funny because I'm like, I feel like, again, me and her were on the same like wavelength then. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like as I've gotten to know you more, like our, we have like different relationship styles and things like that. But I feel like there's so many overlapping themes. Um, And again, I think that's why it's important to have like your, your close friend circle that you can say things about relationships and dating because you'll start to notice these like common themes. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, wow, like. I'm not so isolated. Like, wow, there's a lot of things that other people are feeling and I'm not feeling crazy. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun. <laughs> so some so of the traumatic is, moments. This well then it sounds like Archita, you kind of like were the guiding light for Ruhi, and then Ruhi got all this experience. Cause I kind of went from being married to being in a very serious, committed relationship yep. with Jeff. So I I have like the least experienced dating of all of us. But I, so so it sounds like you've been the the kind of the the pioneer in our friend group, and then you guided Ruhi, and now you both have been such supports to me. But and that's kind of why we want to have this conversation, and I'm bringing it to the podcast because these women have helped me so much and exactly like you're saying Artita like there's Mm -hmm. so many principles that I feel like just ring true no matter the guy 
or the situation, like these things that we want to talk about today and these lessons, they just, they've been so helpful and they've just helped me so much now in navigating like new experiences. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to dive in. So I want to start off with a lesson and we're just kind of going to go around and share lessons. So if you're listening, this is going to be a very flowy conversational podcast episode, but hopefully very high vibe, fun, lots of takeaways. Learn from our lessons. Please, please, please learn (laughs) because they were painful (laughs) and very, uh, yeah, complicated and stressful. Uh, So we're hoping to save you some pain. But I'm going to start off with a lesson that you both really helped me learn a lot faster than I would have on my own because you were literally telling me this but I had a dating experience this fall that started off so great he was doing everything going above and beyond messaging me nonstop, and just putting in all the effort asking all the questions being very intentional with things he was saying like asking questions like um like he was really concerned about our compatibility of being able to sleep together and he was like well this is so important for a partnership if you live with somebody so like he was very clearly intentionally looking for a life partner um we had a lot of conversations surrounding that um and then he actually booked tickets to come out to see me to spend a weekend with me in new york city and everything was like amazing and then after he got back things started to kind of fade and fizzle and I tried to have an upfront conversation multiple times and it was really just kind of like, oh, I'm busy. But we all know that, well, this is another lesson. <laughs> no <laughs> one's that busy. <laughs> no one's that busy. I mean, what, what you want to make a priority, you make a priority. Like there is no excuse in the book that I think is valid. Very rarely. Like sure, something might come up here and there, but if it's something consistent, especially time, uh, it's definitely like, they're just not that into you or it's something changed or they met somebody else, whatever it is. Um, you look like you want to say something on that. No, no. <laughs> but that's not actually not the lesson. The lesson for me, that was a lesson I had to learn, but the lesson for me, honestly, was it doesn't matter what they did. You have to go based off of how they are currently behaving. Cause I kept being like, Oh, but he did this. Oh, but he did that. You know, making all the excuses in the book instead of, actually looking at what was in front of me right then and there and being like, okay, like he is not showing up. He's also not being upfront with me and engaging in an honest conversation about why. I mean, I let the guy know that I was probably not moving back to LA. If you listened to last week's podcast episode, you know that I thought I was going to move back to New York. I think I'm leaning towards LA again, actually, but I get it. You let somebody know that you're not coming back. Like I understand that that probably killed something, but, um, I just had to, I guess, kind of find my own closure and realize like, okay, like he's not showing up now. It doesn't matter what he did, but I need to go off present behavior. I don't know if you guys have, how you learned that, but you guys really helped me come to that realization. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like the what ifs are, like they will haunt you mm-hmm. um, because there's so many things where you're like, okay, well, what if I had said this or what if I had done this differently or what if I would have done, he would have said this. Like mm-hmm. you keep thinking about all these scenarios and I'm like, there has to be a level of like healthy detachment that you have to master. And this is not like, don't detach from your emotions. Like don't, This is not like self-sabotage, like be delusional, none of that. But it's, you have to look at the situation and how it was and where it is now. And you have to accept it. You're like, no matter what I would have done, what I would have said, would it have changed it for a month, a few months? Maybe, you don't know. Like maybe that would have started something else. But at the end of the day, it didn't work out for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. 
And you have to accept that and you have to move forward from that and be like, okay, this is what he's doing and I can't do anything to change it. Mm-hmm. I did what I could and you have to move on. So I, I know it's, it's a lot harder because listen, we, we all overthink, we kind of regress, but um, you, ha- you have to just like get to that good place and be like, this is what the situation is, accept the situation as it is and just, you know, try to move on to the best of your ability and find happiness without getting back to that. So yeah, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. And I'll add to that too. I think as women, we love to like look at kind of the bigger picture. I do think I can speak for myself personally. I am really forgiving. Um, Mm -hmm. I think once you're like in my inner circle, it's, I I always want to see the best in people. And I think as women, we often kind of can relate to that. Um, but at the same time, I think when I look across like different areas of my life, like you look at work, right? And there, like there are no excuses for certain behaviors. And I think that's something I've had to train my mind mm. into remembering when it comes to dating is like, it's, it's, it doesn't matter why this person is showing up the way they are. It's the question should be, am I okay with the way they're showing up the way they are? And I think in tandem with that, reminding myself of that is really important. And I think one thing I've tried to do is reframe all of these internal thoughts that I'm having back to me. Mm. And I think that in itself has been such a big lesson for myself is it's not about the other person. It's it's about myself and whether this is what I want to accept in a relationship or or not. And I think when I look at the friendships that I have, just just the variety of different relationships in my life that I have, I do have high standards for them because I myself am a am a giver. Um, and I think when it comes to dating, it's it's right off the bat, right? It's it's seeing how they're showing up as a person from the very first text that you have with them, the very first date that you guys go on. Um, and I think that's what I've started to evaluate people as and with. I love that. I actually literally just told. Artita and Ruhi this when I got to uh, we're recording in Artita's apartment um, and I was like guys I'm so proud of myself because I have a, a date this week and I am chatting with another guy and with both of them I was like I don't know are they good enough for me are they not in like an arrogant I'm like God's gift to mankind way but I actually now love myself and value myself and the fact that it has shifted from wanting to be chosen and liked to do I choose and like them Oh my goodness. And that, that is such a huge sign of growth and a huge shift. And that is kind of why that's kind of the root of a lot of what this conversation is for. Like all of these lessons have helped me get to this point where it's like, this is empowered dating, where it's like really choosing for yourself and honoring yourself, valuing yourself. I, I'm so excited about that. You guys have helped me get there. I think we've all, we've all gotten there one way or another and it's taken a long time. So I think that's also why this conversation is really important because yeah, we've just, we've learned the lessons and now we're here to share them with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is kind of the energy that you want to go into relationship with, uh, is that that's the whole point. It's to decide if somebody, how they're showing up, who they are, if that works for you, if they can meet your needs. Um, and that is, that's really how you keep your power when you're dating is cause then it's, it's, you're not at the mercy of other people, but that takes choosing yourself first. Yeah. And I would also say like, you have to be patient with yourself, like throughout the process of getting to that point, because it's a lot easier said than done. You know, like when you're, when you're (laughs) in a relationship, it's like all the emotions are tied to it. And 
that sometimes takes precedence over logic. And I always tell my friends this when they're, you know, if they're being hard on themselves, like after a breakup or, you know, a, a man did this, but why did I accept this? I'm like, we're not robots at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. your friends giving advice are removed from the situation. So, you know, you'll get to that place and you'll find that peace. And, you know, that's what you always want to get to. But you have to go through this process of like trial and error. And, you know, sometimes you are the bigger person without wanting to be the bigger person. And sometimes you regress and you're like, oh, my God, I, I know I deserve better than this. Like, why am I still giving this person the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt? And why am I trying? But you have to go through this over and over and you kind of have to, you know, stay true to yourself. And I always say, like, don't beat yourself up because one day you will get to this point mm-hmm. where you are right now where you're like, OK, wow, like I'm proud of myself because I have unlearned all of this past behavior. And now I'm like, OK, I'm the one that should be chosen. Like you mm-hmm. should go after me. Um, but yeah, that's that's another thing, too. It's just it's this process of like you have to be patient. And you have to be kind to yourself. Mm. And while you're going on this journey and you will, you know, you will get there. But setbacks happen to, to everybody. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think it's so important to have community aligned, supportive, like minded community. If you're struggling to call that in, go back a couple episodes to my episode with Jean uh, from Gray Layers. We talk about how to to get community or attract, I think it was attracting your soulmate humans, but these ladies, like this is the kind of stuff Archita has been telling me and Ruhi has been telling me, like you need friends who are like pouring love into you and like encouraging you to be loving to yourself, encouraging you to be patient with yourself while also encouraging you to have standards and not accept less than you deserve. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've always been such an advocate of like spending time alone. It's Mm. something that I've done more of since moving to New York from San Francisco two years ago post-divorce and I actually just came back from a solo trip in Italy where I was there for 16 days by myself and I think spending that time alone really allows you to tune into your own energy Mm. and realize you know away from friends away from romantic partners away from family like who you are and what you value and I think I see it as less of like what what were what is like my standard or not but more so is like it does this energy match mine and I don't think there's a right or wrong I think there's mm-hmm. so many different types of energies and I think that's why there are so many successful relationships mm-hmm. and I always try to remind my friends this it only takes one person like I think sometimes when we're dating we get so caught up in like mm. the you know two people five people we're going on dates with and it's Like none of that is relevant at the end of the day. It's you will find if you're looking for it and if you've put that intention out there, like you will find the one person and it might take time. And like Archita said, I think it's about being patient. It's being kind to yourself. If you're feeling a certain way, like really internalizing those feelings and and feeling them, Um, but also having moments of of growth and identifying what those areas are for yourself, because I think for all of us, they're so different. Yeah, I think it's like it's a good mix. Like obviously I I consider myself more of like an independent person. Like I've lived alone for many years in the city now. Um and you know, usually when I if I internalize things or whatever it is, like I want to do it alone. And I need those moments because, you know, when you're so social sometimes like with work and just your friends, like yes, it's good to to do those things by yourself, but like I do agree with like community because I'm like I feel like I would be less sane in the breakups if 
I didn't have my friends mm. that I could just be like, hey, listen, like this is how I'm feeling right now. And then they kind of they ground you. Yeah. You know, so I don't think it's like don't rely on your friends so much where it's like this crutch where you're like, I can't make a decision. But it has to be you have to feel comfortable within yourself. And if you are at home, I'm like, there's a difference again between being like I'm alone and I'm lonely. And a mm. lot of people tell me they're like, I hate like, let's do something like I, I hate being like home alone because I'm so lonely and I'm like, I love it. You have to like, it's, mm. it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the thing. It's like being happy, being alone, but like without my friends and without my community and support, like it would also be very hard too. I love, I love so much of what you guys just said. I think I love the emphasis on really, and I, I shared this a little bit so far, but I feel like one of the biggest things that has helped me get better at handling rejection, helped me really just feel so good within myself and get to this point is the relationship I built with myself. And I love that you took this solo trip. Like it's so inspiring. Uh, I want to do, I did a very short one like three or four years ago. I need to do another one um, and I'm excited to do it. But it's so like, it's simple how to build a relationship with yourself. Spend time with yourself like you would a best friend or a partner and but time being present that's not time watching tv it's not time when you're numbing or distracting it's like presence with yourself yeah absolutely and I will say like even being in a completely foreign country where I knew nobody I didn't really know my way around could kind of speak the language like I was even really observant about people that would approach me Mm. and how I would handle those situations right and I think Mm. I've identified like that is so important to me in a partner too not somebody who's like you know overly eager or someone who's very closed off like someone who is still warm and inviting to to strangers and people that they might not know I think that energy is something you can't necessarily put into words mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely something I would want in in, in a long-term partner um, and in tandem with what Archita was saying about community I do agree with you I think having that confidence within yourself is really important but also the voices that feed your ears are Mm -hmm. also just as important and I think this comes back to not only being selective about your future partner but also being selective around the about the people who you do place a lot of emphasis on Mm -hmm. and the advice you do welcome into your life I think can truly like make or break certain relationships and so I will say that I think my community has also definitely taken me through a lot of breakups the both of you have been around for two of my most significant relationships I'd say Um, and I value everything that the both of you have shared in those situations and I think very similarly like the friends that I did invite that advice for were so helpful for me during that time but again it's because I've been so selective about Mm -hmm. who I want to share that with and then whose advice I want to take in. You are somebody who has inspired me to live more intentionally. I actually, maybe you should share your TikTok here for a second, but she has a TikTok about being intentional and living intentionally. And I just, it has inspired me because even just what you were saying about thinking about the t- the energy of the person and how they approach you, like you spend a lot of time reflecting. And I mean, I've talked so much about the power of intention on the podcast with manifestation. Um, and I just think that reflection allows you to be more intentional and it, intention yeah intentionality is just so 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 powerful um so I don't know you've inspired me in that area I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your your intention with that that platform and just how you maybe 
how you became so intentional. Yeah, I think it's honestly been a series of events just in life that have kind of brought me to this point. But I think last year when I first moved to New York, I was navigating so much. I was like building so many friendships. I was navigating building a community for myself across the country and in, in a place that I had never lived before. Um, with that came a lot of socializing. So there was a lot of drinking and, you know, eating out all the time. Um, I really want to run a, a full marathon, hopefully next year. So I think I've just, I came here with so many different priorities. And I think over the last year, something I've learned is every single choice that I make, whether it's the music I'm listening to, the friends I'm hanging out with, the things that I'm putting in my body, whether it's we're talking about drinks or we're talking about the types of food. I think I've just inspired by you as well, Jordan, Mm -hmm. you know, manifestation and kind of have identified what my long-term goals are and have also realized that the choices I make today are going to lead me there or they're going to draw me further away from, from that goal. So um, it's been it's something that I've been doing for a while and I started my TikTok just to kind of share that with the world and hopefully provide bits of inspiration. I have been inspired by it already. I'll have it linked in the show notes. It, what can, What's the name again? It's Art of Intentional Living. Art of Intentional Living. It's so beautiful, you guys. Her apartment is stunning. Ruhi is stunning. Ruhi's style is stunning. Her little dog Coco is like literally an icon. <laughs> we hear stories about Coco's dating life and I'm like, she is goals. <laughs> She's so unbothered by the little man dogs. <laughs> Coco is my, she is my dating spirit animal. She's our muse. I want to be as unattached and unbothered as Coco. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, just t- talking about this, like even before I'd say like the start of this year, like, yes, I, again, I work in like beauty and wellness. So I'm like, I'm always, I know about manifestation and I know about journaling and like all of the wellness things I know about, but those are things that, yes, it's like, I'll practice some, some things. Like I've been doing yoga consistently for years or, you know, balancing like being out and, than, you know, having your like healthy kicks. But I really did not get into like manifestation or even journaling. Like I will say I credit both of you to this. And it was after a breakup and I'm like all these thoughts, because like you feel so angry, you know, after you have this like anger, you have this hurt and it's like all just in your head. And I remember talking to both of you. I think you were probably the, the first two that I like went to. Um, I do remember because you like literally left the restaurant that you were at and you were like, I'll, I'll call you now. Oh and yeah. I was out of- dancing with my parents yeah. and I was like, nope, we're getting on the phone girl. <laughs> yeah. And both of you were like, you should, you need to journal. You need to write your thoughts down and you need to put this in a, in a healthy place. And I did. And this is honestly the first time I have actually even journaled. Like I've thought about it before. It's like one of those things, you know, mm. when you'll, when you're like sleeping at night and you're like, okay, I'm going to magically change my life the next morning. Like I'm going to wake up at six in the morning and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to journal and then I'm going to go work out and I'm going to do all of these things. And then your alarm goes off and you're like, never mind. Like I'll, I'll try again like yeah. another time. Um, but yeah, I, I consistently did that. I was just journaling through it and I felt so much better. It's almost just like you let it all out. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll even read through like my old entries and I'm like, geez, like that, that hurt, that anger. Like I don't even have that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to get it out. And I think, yes, it's like this balance of, I think you need to get it out with yourself and journaling is such a great way to do that. It's probably the best way to do that. But then you also need to get it out with friends and like be heard, have your pain heard and held and seen. Right. Um, It's both. And I think, and that follows the theme again, like you also have to be selective with the energy with your friends too, which is another thing that I've been reflecting on. I think just energies of people and like mm-hmm. what you want and allow in your life, um, especially as we're going into like 2024. But, you know, you can share your thoughts with your friends, but if their energy, like sometimes it just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. almost don't want to tell too many people or because then that also like regresses for you. So I think that's the thing about journaling. It's no one is judging you. No one is making decisions for you. Like you, it's, it's your pure thoughts and you write it down and nobody has to ever see that. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can allow people to look at it if you want. You can, you don't even have to read it ever again. Mm-hmm. Those are your own like pure unfiltered thoughts. Um, it's so yeah. helpful to read it again though. I went back and read stuff from when we were going through the eclipse portal mm. I went back and read what I was writing. This I laughed at myself so much. Um, and I can make fun of myself because I do love myself. Like it's a healthy making fun of myself. But it, I, the last eclipse portal was like, last spring or something and I was like so it was the same exact things about being angry at a man for being avoided and I was like shit I'm repeating my patterns it was yeah like it was oh oh my goodness it was such it was so enlightening though and I was able to look at what I wrote and identify patterns and being like I am getting angry at them because they're not showing up great and meeting my needs but like that should be the signal for me to leave Mm -hmm. instead of trying to force or convince or self-abandon and settle like I'm angry and hurt because I am in a situation where I'm not being treated well I need to get the heck out of that and so journaling is also helpful for like looking back on yeah I mean you have to identify the patterns and I'm like the only way you break it is if you respond differently Mm -hmm. if you keep doing the same things over and over I'm like nothing's going to magically change for you yeah you know so you have to choose like how do you respond and then like you just said like okay I'm identifying things that I was doing in the past and now I have to do it differently like that's Mm -hmm. my sign to myself Mm mm-hmm Um, but yes, first you have to identify what you're doing. And if you're not journaling or you're not speaking it out or you're not working it out with a therapist or whoever it is, you'll never know. Yeah. You will honestly never know. And to just wrap back quickly on what you were saying though, about that was such a great piece of advice slash lesson about who you are talking to stuff about. Cause I've also had really painful damaging experiences with who I've shared with, but then like with you guys, I've had such amazing experiences and I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are on kind of what, um, helps you like feel supported, but you both have encouraged me to, and have done this for me. You, you will give me advice, but you won't tell me what to do or try to push your opinion on me. And you also don't like demonize the man. Like so many people just want to take your side or like trash men. I'm like, well, that's not helpful either. Cause like you're saying, like we're all saying we want to grow and learn from this stuff and, you know, become a person who is creating the life and the relationships they want. And we don't do that but without like reflecting and looking at our part in all of it. Cause we, it takes two to tango usually, yeah. usually. <laughs> it does. Um, and I will say I, one thing that I've been really intentional about is trying to keep myself at a neutral point at all times. Mm. And I think if you're in a romantic relationship 
or if you're assessing a romantic relationship, if you're assessing a friendship and it's not bringing you back to that point, Mm. there is something to bring attention to there. Like that in itself is a red flag for me. So if you are going through a breakup and you feel like the, the friends that you're leaning on are really making you angrier about the situation, that to me is not a healthy dynamic. If you're dating somebody and you feel like you are really frustrated within yourself, like you go to bed really frustrated because you can't be your full self. You can't show up as your authentic self and you're not loved for your authentic self. I think that's a red flag. So I always use that baseline as a point to assess whether or not a relationship, romantic or platonic, is good for me. I love that. That's such a great, like simple way to to check in and evaluate. That's that's a gem. Take that, and guys. I think both of you bring me back to that neutral point. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I had to catch myself doing this in the past, but obviously you care about your friends mm-hmm. and, you know, if they're going through something or, you know, a man does something or whatever, you're, you're, you want to take their side. You want to protect um, them. Yes, yeah. you want to, pr- you protect them. So, you know, it's like when someone hurts them and then they go back to repeating that pattern, you're like, why are you doing that to yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've done this in the past. You're almost, you're judgmental, but you don't realize you're coming off like that. Mm-hmm. And then your friend is sitting there feeling very judged and like, they can't make their own decisions. Right. They feel bad doing that because they're like, oh my God, like my, my friend is judging me. They're doing this. And it's like, you have to take that layer out. And it, it does go back to being in that neutral place. Like at the end of the day, you are there, you're a logical sounding board. Unless there is physical harm or, you know, any mm-hmm. anything like sure. that in, the, in play, um, it's not really up to you to tell people how to live their life and... It's not up to you to tell people what's right or what's wrong for them because you don't know and you wouldn't want someone saying that to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to move through your relationships feeling like, okay, I can make my decisions and I am being supported by my friends without feeling bad, you know? Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that too. I think one thing that I've learned just in the last year as well is so – for work, I, I've been a manager, a people manager for a very long time. And I think I try to approach a lot of life situations in a way that I do also approach work because I do think it in at a certain capacity, it can be healthy. Um, but when I look at the people that I work with and the people on my team, I like to empower them Mm. to do the work themselves and to grow into like leaders, right? And Mm. to, to feel empowered and confident enough in their decisions that they're making. And I think just like Archita was mentioning earlier, I think sometimes when you have friendship dynamics that are so codependent on one another, it's codependency. You're, yep, you're giving your each other a crutch. It's like I'm getting to a place where I can't even make a decision because we've created this level of codependency where I'm not fully confident or even sure at this point that I'm able to do this by myself. So I think by keeping that level of codependency apart by by treating one another as capable responsible human beings you're also enabling your friends to take their power back Mm -hmm. and in turn allowing yourself to do the same yes yes this is something I've chatted about on um on stories a lot uh just you know being in your power and like doing that work to be in your power yourself it helps you 
break codependent patterns because you don't want somebody to be fixing you and you don't want to be fixing somebody else. And for me, that's allowed me to actually enjoy relationships and not use them to create safety for myself through feeling I was adding value to somebody else's life, but then also that I was being taken care of. Like I'm already good and they're good so we can like add to each other's lives. And you guys, you called me out on that, Ruhi, with um, uh, Archita's most recent breakup because um, I was kind of like mad that they were talking. I was like, no, like stay away from her. Don't, you know, hurt her anymore. And then I was like, no, you're right. Like Archita's a grown ass woman with a great head on her shoulders who's given me a lot of advice. She knows what she's doing. And as long as you're doing what's best for you, like that should be the goal of any, you know, advice or, or support you're giving as a friend to empower them and doing what's best for them. Yeah. And listen, like again, you you come from a protective place when you do that. And friends yeah. know that like, you're not mad at your, like, what are you going to say to your friend? Like, mm-hmm. wow. Like don't, why are you angry? You know, Yeah. like you're coming from a protective place, but yes, that, that is just like one thing. And I kind of want to bring this back to what you said about like the anger towards men, because I think that is, listen, sometimes it's warranted. There are situations mm-hmm. like I'm not going to say like, you should never be angry at someone. You, you can have whatever emotions you feel. Um, but in the past, like I, I feel like I was so reactive in like a past relationship and like, it was just, it was so manipulative and I would, I would always get angry. And then I almost felt like I felt bad for being angry. Like he was like, Mm. you're crazy for reacting this way. And I was just like holding on to so much of this anger moving through relationships that I would get out of a relationship and I'd be like, okay, well I'm dating, but like all men are garbage anyways, or they all suck. So I was going in with this like very negative mentality and that does nothing for yourself, you know? So I think one thing I'm like, it's very easy to be angry at someone and you can be mad at them. But what I'm trying to do is just step back from that. And I'm like, listen, I actually don't hold any anger towards you. If anything, Mm -hmm. you have helped me learn a lesson (laughs) on what I want and what I deserve. And that's good for me. That's my progress. And I don't want to hold on to these other things because you can't, I really don't think you can move into a healthy relationship holding on to that. Yeah. 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 And I will just quickly add to that by saying, I think the role of your friends should be to bring you back to where you want to be who you want to be, mm-hmm. the type of relationship you want to be. Like I see friends and as a friend my as a friend myself, I see my role as reminding Archita of the relationship that she talks about wanting, reminding yes. Jordan about the relationship she wants to be in. So it's not necessarily about the person. Again, I think a lot and I've done this so many times. I've focused so much of my time and energy on the other person and not enough time on reframing the conversation around my friends and asking them and making them remember what it is that they truly want for themselves. I love that you do this. I didn't pick up on it at first and then I started realizing and I was like, this is actually such an important manifestation and mindset, like tip, tool, shift, whatever you want to call it. This is literally like the synopsis of Joe Dispenza's work who kind of explains the quantum physics behind manifestation but he's his whole thing is literally like people wake up and and it's scientifically proven like 80% of our thoughts are negative and 90% are repetitive and we are constantly living those thoughts are all about the past so we're having all these negative thoughts they're all about the past and then they're repeating over and over again and then we wonder why we create the same thing the way you create better is by getting clear on 
what you actually do want and spending time in that future, in that energy, the energy of that future and being that person that has those things. And so the future focus that you have is so incredibly powerful in creating what you want. I, it's just, I don't know if you knew that you were doing that, but it's so, it's so amazing. Well, I, I will say one thing I try to do every January 1st at the beginning of every new year is vision board. And I create vision boards kind of across different areas of my life, relationships being one. So again, that includes all relationships, my friendships, my family relationships, and honestly, my how trying to vision out, vision board out what I want my dream romantic relationship to look like. And I, after I'm done with it, I like to take a photo of it and save it on my phone. So whenever I am going through really weird situations and I feel like maybe I'm taking a step back in dating or like nothing's working out for me. And I think as humans, it's also pretty innate to like compare ourselves to kind of everybody on the same journey around us, right? Or what it seems to be the same journey. Um, I think we often look at our friends and sometimes it feels like everyone's kind of moving forward and we're kind of stuck in this place and Mm-hmm. I often find myself asking why, why, why me, why, why this? And so I think in those times, going back to my vision board and looking at it helps me realize that like everything that hasn't worked out hasn't worked out for a reason. Mm-hmm. And like, this is what I want. And I think I've gotten to a place where if it's not that, it doesn't need to be anybody but myself. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I, I mean, this is something I intentionally do as somebody who truly understands manifestation. I spend time whenever my reality is not what I want. I go and I spend time in the reality that I do want I, while trying to stay grateful still because there's always so much we can be grateful for. But that's such a yeah, that's such a powerful, powerful tool to use to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just to like build on your point there with um you know, this, this external pressure, like it happens. I just turned 30 this year and that feels for whatever reason feels like such a milestone moment. Like you think about it when you're younger. I always thought, I I was like, by the time I'm 30, like I'm going to be married and I'm going to have kids. And I think about that right now. And I'm like, how, like how (laughs) on earth would I do that? You know, because it, it just feels like this like number, but yes, once you hit these ages, it's like, you know, for the first time in my life this year, most of my friends are in relationships. There was one point where I feel like I was always just going on like double dates and, you know, because everyone had like this partner and I, I reflected like, on it earlier as a third in the wheel. As no, a, no. Like, oh, oh okay. Yes, with the person. Okay, yes. okay. Okay. Not as a third wheel. I have been in that <laughs> position before. <laughs> I was like, wait, you need to clarify this. <laughs> no, but honestly, at this point I was like, wow, like every, almost everyone's like in a relationship where before I just remember like I would go out with like all my girlfriends and it'd be this massive group of us and we'd all be single and like nobody, nobody was really in a, in a committed relationship. So I, I like noticed that shift and I feel when I was dating someone this summer, there was a conversation of like, um, are you going to make this exclusive or are you going to have the conversation? Like, is your boyfriend? And it would come up so soon. It'd be like within like a month, you know? because I have friends in relationships where it happens so quickly and everyone's relationship is different. So I think like one thing to say is like, don't try not to put yourself on anyone else's path because Mm. you feel like that's the one that you need to be on or because you feel like you are being left behind. 
Um, because everybody has that, you know, everyone is always comparing themselves, whether it's maybe something in their romantic life is going well, but they feel they haven't hit that in their career. So again, this kind of goes back to the theme of just like being patient with yourself, but yes, it it happens. Like it's really easy to get wrapped up in like societal pressures and feeling like, okay, I, you know, I need to make this relationship work or Mm -hmm. I need to push this forward because it feels like that's what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I mean, and this even goes back to manifestation. Like it's so important to be detached, to be clear on and committed to what you're calling in, but be unattached to the who, the when, the what, the how, like those things are not in our control. Those are, you know, the higher power, God, the universe, whatever feels right to you. Um, and we only, and like, I understand how it can feel hard hearing that. Like, don't be attached to it when your age is going up. But I've experimented with the same thing with money. Like, we have bills to pay and they're not, they're not, they're not movable, some of them, you know? And it's like, I have played around with the, you know, being attached or feeling stressed about the number and the deadline versus just letting it go and trusting. And I, I, can swear the unattached way always works way better than the stressing attached way um, with anything. Um, but I, it, it is, it's hard. It's not easy. It really is a lot of, a lot of mindset work, intentional mindset work to shift back into what am I calling in and trusting it's coming in in the right way at the right time. And, and yeah, that it's a personal right way and right time, not a, you know, societal standard or even what we're seeing around us. I, I will say though, I'm careful, even just like I'm careful with, uh, you know, who I invest my time and energy with as we were chatting about, like I am careful with what I consume. Like Mm -hmm. I have been intentionally watching happy rom-coms that present love in a way that helps me believe in it, get excited about it, know it's coming for me soon. I try to not spend too much time looking at uh, anything that might trigger me, even if that might be friends or couples posting about their love, if it's not helping me feel excited about what I'm calling in for myself and believing in it myself, I try not to consume it because I don't want to be consuming anything that puts me in a scarcity mindset, in a fear mindset, um, or even like you were saying earlier, Cheetah, like an angry mindset towards men. Um, I'm careful about like going on, you know, any kind of Facebook group or any kind of like, Anywhere where people are venting about men and trashing men and like in that energy and like telling all those stories, like, yes, I want to be aware and educated, but I don't want to be living in that because then I'm going to believe, oh, I'm going to attract a cheater or a liar. And I'm going to be more of a match for that if I'm expecting that, you know? Yeah. And just again, another lesson for me this year is like you, you do go into your experiences taking that on. Like if you're angry with someone or Mm -hmm. if you, you know, you have these like feelings of anxiety, whatever it is going into a relationship. And again, I I went through the phase of being like, you know, men are not good. And then of course I was dating these guys that were giving Mm -hmm. quotes like trash energy because that's what I was going in. Like you get what you expect a lot of the time. And I had to stop. And like, again, another thing, like I feel like with relationships, I never went in fully because you're always waiting for something to happen where you're like, Mm. Um, they're going to mess up or they're going to do this. Because again, I, I had not let that go. I was still going into relationships. And the last guy I was dating actually called this out. And he was like, you go in kind of, you go in fatalistic. Mm. Um, and it was probably, I would say like maybe month one or two of us dating. And I always kept, it, 
I thought I was doing it as like a joke because you do it as like a protection mm-hmm. thing. But you're like, oh, well, if I'm even still dating you within like three months, because I was always waiting for something mm. to happen or like for him to mess up or for him to do something. And then I would, I would revert back to that mentality. Be like, see, I told you like all men do this. Um, and it wasn't healthy. Yeah. It really wasn't healthy. And I stopped doing it. And I feel like that is the only reason I could be in a healthy relationship and even going out of it now, I'm like, I'm still in that mindset of like, okay, you know what? No matter what, go into it. Try to go into it without anger. Just try to go into this, like the best version of yourself. And you mm-hmm. will attract that healthy relationship back, whether it works out for you or it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that, that was like a really big lesson. It was your yeah. best experience dating in a yeah, while, for right? Sure, for sure. Yeah. Like I think I was single like a few years in between and I was like, you know, dating guys, like I was dating someone during COVID, like the pandemic that was its own thing. Um, but yeah, for the first time in a while, I feel like when I went into something and it was like actually healthy once I stopped the, mm. the self-sabotage and now I'm like, okay, I'm going to move into other relationships doing with this like same healthy mentality. Um, and again, if it doesn't work out, that's not because of, Mm-hmm. You know, it just sometimes it just doesn't work. I love that yeah. you were like saying about how you have reframed it. And I've been doing this too as he was a teacher. He taught me. He helped me become more of a match for what I want or become more clear on what I want. Um, I want to chat a little bit about something that helped me be able to do that. But Ruhi, it looked like you wanted to say something. No, I think go ahead. Yeah? Okay, okay. Um, I So I had a really... It was honestly a really powerful experience. Um, I don't know if I told you guys about this, but it was it was pretty recent because I was still feeling a little bit of anger towards this guy from LA who like I, because I mean, we actually, I also wanted to talk about this, like how much effort do you give before you kind of, you know, like we were saying earlier when you're kind of like, okay, this is not what I want, move on, let go. I tried having conversations three times about like bringing it up in a very non like attached, kind curious like way that didn't make him feel cornered or make him feel bad or wasn't pressury and was just kind of like hey like it seems like this um is happening um and then another time was kind of like hey like this dynamic has been really hard it's really not doesn't feel good um in in this way you know if it's not able to shift I think I'm going to take space like I was I tried to be really healthy and come from a good clean energy which is another thing we could even go into there's so much to talk about here but coming with a clean energy to have an upfront honest conversation a few times I think it's healthy and I did that and I felt angry that he wasn't willing to meet me there and be honest he kept making excuses and saying it was because he was busy when it was clear that there was behavior changes happening slowly but surely till eventually like it just I ended up kind of not hearing back um and I I was angry and what helped me was coming from love, coming back to love. I had to, I had to let myself be angry. I had to let myself vent. I talked to you guys about it. I wrote in my journal about it. Like I let myself process my emotions. I had to accept it. Um, But then once I kind of was my own like good, I was, I was with myself. I was good to myself. I protected myself. I let myself have my experience with it. And I was in a bit more of a neutral energy. I was able to kind of get to a place where I was like, you know what? I am love. Like I've been pouring so much love into myself. I've been just vibrating at this frequency of like love. I mean, I had so much love for people and I was able to come to love in the situation and be like, you know what? He maybe 
did wrong me in this way. He maybe didn't treat me right in this way, but I have so much love. I can even give it to people that, you know, didn't treat me right. And I still have so much love left over and I am still attracting what I want. And I was able to be like, you know what? I hope I, I know I supported him through some stuff that he had gone through, um, something ways he was mistreated. And I'm like, you know what? I have enough love to give to somebody who doesn't appreciate it or isn't reciprocating in the way I think I should have to send them on their way with that love and come back to just being love. And so I don't know if that'll help anybody out there like listening, just, you know, you need to go through your process and take care of your heart first. But once you've done that, like it just helped me to come back to love. Like, you know what? He needed the love and the connection at that point in time. And I'm glad I was able to give it to him. Um, yeah. One thing I always say to people on this, again, this happens in friendships because this, we literally all met each other and reconnected and became close friends at a specific time when we needed each mm -hmm. other. I say it the same with relationships. You meet people at the time, like uh, you meet people for a reason. Mm -hmm. So you're meeting someone and again, maybe it doesn't go the way that it, it, you planned it to go. Maybe it was sure. Like maybe you had higher expectations, but again, you are there teaching them a lesson and vice versa. And, and I say it to you too, like you can be empathetic to people. And like you said, look at people from a place of love, but I think it comes to a point where it's like, you can't be, you can only put in so much effort, but if they're not willing to meet you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, and another thing that I, I always repeat is you have to look at actions, not words, because people sometimes want, they say things because they want to be the best versions of themselves and they can't match it. Mm-hmm even if they want to. Yes, yes. And it becomes really frustrating, mm -hmm. but I'm like, you have to look at those actions. That's a good one. And that's how What you, they're doing, not what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, listen, it's sometimes, I know people are like, well, why did he say this? What? Sometimes maybe they are just saying it and you're like, you shouldn't have said that. Like that does come off very manipulative. But at the same time, like they just don't have the emotional capacity or the physical capacity to actually do those things. And that's not on you. Yeah. Like you're not on, you're not supposed to be there. You don't need to be patient. You don't need to mm -hmm. be there to fix things for them. Like you really tried and you were willing to put in the effort for them and they just didn't do it back. And I think that again in itself, you can say, okay, I tried and it didn't work and you, you release it. So I think that, that for me is like, when do you know when to stop trying or like, you know, should I have given it another chance? I think there's only so much you can do if they're not mm -hmm. willing to meet you back. hundred percent. But then I knew, so you're, you're right that like this would not have worked if I kept trying, but it's like once I stopped, once I made that decision to prioritize myself and my needs and I, and I was able to process it and heal, then it was that last step of forgiveness though, which was what helped me get back into a clean energy because forgiveness is for us. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you guys feel, but that, that was kind of, cause I kept harboring that anger for a bit because he wasn't, he wasn't reciprocating and that's not fair. Like we deserve people that are going to reciprocate. Like, yes, there's room for grace, but it's like, you know, you just know when your needs are not being met. If you find yourself resentful or angry or hurt a lot, your needs aren't being met. And then it's your job to speak up about it in a healthy way. And if they can't, they can't. Um, and yeah, you encouraged me so much because I was listening to what was being said. I kept being like, oh, but he's saying this. Oh, but he's saying that. And you're like, but what is he doing? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we find ourselves in that situation a lot. And I think Archie does really good about reminding the both of us about mm -hmm. like, let's look at the actions and not the words. Mm. 
Because again, and one thing I, I try to remind myself is we're all living life for the first time. Like there is nobody. <sighs> you said that it helped me so much. You know, <laughs> yes. I know, or you know, who is an expert at life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an expert at life, an expert at love. Like I think we're all figuring it out together. And so my my answer to that question would be, I think across all of my relationships, I I think it's twofold. Sorry. My answer is twofold. Um, I think on one hand, I by spending a lot of time by myself and tuning into my own energy, I think I can really pick up on when somebody is being genuine versus not. Mm. So I think it's listening to your intuition and letting it guide. Is this person, is this, is what this person is telling me genuine? Is it coming from an honest place? Or do I feel like they're just saying it for the sake of saying it, which again ties back to like, what are their actions? Um, And for me, I always like to give people one chance. Mm. I think everybody messes up. Like there is no standard. There should also be space for failure. I think failure allows growth and learning. Um, But it's about how they come back from that, right? Whether it's me making a mistake, whether it's one of my best friends making a mistake, whether it's a romantic partner, I think... My responsibility is to honestly share how I'm feeling and make space for that conversation. And then it's up to that person how they reciprocate. You're so healthy. And I think evaluating (laughs) that, I think we've all gotten there after a lot of unhealthy situations that we've all been a part of. Um, But I think then seeing how the dynamic unfolds from there really allows me to assess whether or not that person is somebody I can continue to build a life with and again I say this romantically as well as platonically yeah no it's I mean this is again healthy humans non-codependency 101 like I'm responsible for me you're responsible for you and I think you're right I think we're responsible for well and this is something you might want to chat about too Artita because I know we've had conversations and you really inspired me with how honest and direct you were but we're responsible for talking about how we feel sharing our feelings asking for what we want you know advocating for ourselves in a healthy way because like people can't read your mind but then you're right once they once you do that then the ball is in their court and then you have to evaluate if how they respond works for you or not yeah I think this I mean this seems so simple like directly communicate and it is something that for whatever reason has been so hard um, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll like make jokes about it. I'm like, I literally majored in like communications. I work, I work at a communications agency. Like this is what I am paid to do. Um, but for whatever reason, when it comes to relationships and, you know, I definitely was a people pleaser in the past. I think it's just, you know, my upbringing, like culturally, sometimes you kind of feel like you have to you hold yourself back and you can't be mm. as direct. Um, and I think that takes a lot of work to train yourself out of. And I would always, I knew what I wanted to say and I would always get scared because I'm like, okay, well. Cause you don't want to lose them. Of course. That's what like, we're scared of. Of course. And you're like, okay, well this could go in this way. And then I lose them or they say something I don't want to hear, but that's going to happen regardless of if you say it or if you don't say something mm-hmm. like <clears throat> the outcome will always be the same. And you don't want anybody that's going to leave you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I feel so much better and it's honestly it's it's freedom when mm. you speak your mind and you are so direct and you say hey this is how I've been feeling this is you know like this is these are my actual emotions and this is like what I wanted to tell you 
Um, and you just, you lay it all out. You sit yeah. there. And again, you can only have this conversation with someone who is willing to have it back with you. But if they're not, they're if not they're, the right person. No, exactly. But if you Get go into answer. something and they turn resentful and they turn angry or whatever mm-hmm. it is, like that's a different situation. But I think just say what you want to say. And this mm-hmm. was the one lesson that I had for myself. And it was like, when you're at a point when you're like, okay, I want to be in a relationship with this person and I feel ready that person can't read your mind, no matter how much you wish they could, no matter, you know, like what relationship experience they have, whether or not they're a commitment phobe or not, like they can't read your mind. And the one thing for myself, and I was like, I wish I would have done this months ago is just say, Hey, listen, this is where I'm at. I want to be in a relationship. Can you meet me there? And if they say no, they say no, because Mm -hmm. no matter what, you may end up losing them months, years down the line. So you just have to say it. Mm-hmm. say it when you're ready, say what you want to say, and they will either meet you where you want to be or have a conversation with you or they don't. But at the end of the day, I feel so good being like, okay, I said mm-hmm. everything I want to, and I'm not doing the what ifs anymore. And I'm not mm-hmm. replaying scenarios. Again, it's, it's freedom. You feel like you can just move about your day. You can move into your other relationship being like, I did and said everything that I wanted to, and at the end of the day, if it, again, the power's in, the ball's in their court, but if they don't meet, they don't meet your needs and they can't be there for you in the way that you want, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather go with life being like, okay, wow, I'm so happy I said that instead of a year down the line being like, oh, it's haunting me that I never told this person how I really felt about them. And maybe they'll never know, you know? So I'd always just say like, be direct when you know you're ready for something, say it, say it to them, follow your gut. And again, sometimes if you're, I think about this a lot. I'm like, your gut is always mm-hmm. right. Sometimes when you're scared to have a conversation, you know exactly what the answer is going to be. And you're mm-hmm. too scared to hear it. And you are avoiding your own feelings. Mm. I have so many interesting things to say about this. The first one is, I think I love that we all, I think three of us have gotten to this point. And I think this is such an amazing place to get to that I am encouraging everybody listening. Like you can and will get there. It, it It's hard. And this is where emotional availability comes in. This is why I'm so passionate about it and talk about it and coach on it. But like you have to get to a point where you trust so deeply that what is meant for you, you can't lose it. And valuing alignment and authenticity above all else because when you value being your authentic self so much and trusting that you only want what's aligned for you and that what's aligned for you will be perfect for you like you are okay with letting go of and losing people because they're not the right people to begin with and you are going to be settling and like I I can speak firsthand I have not been happy when I have like put aside needs or parts of myself or tried to be somebody I'm not to keep people. I've been so miserable in those relationships because they're not, they're not healthy. That's not what you want. That's not the actual purpose of a relationship. It's to help you, the real actual authentic you with all of your needs, be loved and held. And we're just blocking ourselves from what we actually want and pushing it off when we don't honor and value those things. I think I want to add one more thing. And I I see this across a lot of my girlfriends is when they're having a conversation with someone and they're like, okay, is this too mean to say, or is it okay to say this? Like you start to second guess what you want to say to them. And they're like, is this too much? Because you're like, I'm scared I'm going to send this. And then they will either not respond to me or they won't respond to me the way I want. And I'm like the right person that you're with, you will never 
that will never scare them away. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. if they can't read a, a conversation that you're having where you're addressing a problem or, Hey, I'm not feeling great about this. I've been noticing this. The right person will not be scared to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, if that is too much for, for them and they don't ever respond, which is the worst case scenario, by the way, like I've always hated that because I feel like what, like, Oh my God, what did I say? And that will haunt you. But yeah. That's not the right person. It's for really you. not about yeah. you. It's about them if yeah. they can't answer you in a healthy way. Yeah. So that's another thing about the communication. I'm like, literally say what you want to say. Don't ever feel like you're being too much. Don't ever mm-hmm. feel like, oh my God, is this coming off like crazy? What am I saying? Say it. Like the right person will have that conversation and will want to work things out with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And the one thing I'll add to that going off of that is kind of reframing the question to being not should I say this, but how should I say it? Ooh, yes. And I think we don't spend a lot of time on the how. We spend a lot of time on the if. And and just like you said, I think getting it off your chest will allow you to go to sleep without any resentment toward yourself, without any frustration, without any anger, without a heavy heart. But it also allows you, if you say it in the right way, it allows the other person to really, if they want to, to be able to understand your point of view. Mm-hmm. No, I, I actually was thinking while Artita was saying that, I was thinking like, is there anything that is mean to say? Like, I think it's about how you say it because I think we need to be honest. Like, yes, maybe there are a f- maybe instances where some things are personal and should be kept personal. I don't know, but I just, I feel like the more honest and real and authentic I am with people in a considerate way, in a healthy way, like the deeper my relationships are and the more rewarding and fulfilling they are. Like it's about being able to be yourself and have intimacy. It's about intimacy and you can't have that without honesty, but, but you're right. You're responsible for being honest in a healthy way. Totally agree. Something that I have kind of been putting a lot of thought behind and again just with all of my single girlfriends who are dating I think one thing that I've really been thinking about is opening up physically Ooh, I love this I've chatted a little bit about this with two other women okay on the podcast so I think it's an important one and I think we live in a society and a culture and Archito and I were actually talking about this not too long ago that the shows we watch, the media we consume, there seems to be some unspoken pressure around date three. Oh. That tends to be this like, okay, like we're going on three dates. Like, is there is there a physical expectation? Mm. And I think that expectation can come across different things. I think for some people it can be you know, is this the date that we're supposed to be like making out by the end of end of our night? Are we supposed to am I supposed to go to your house and are we supposed to have sex? And I think at the end of the day, like we are human beings, I think by being physically in close contact with somebody does open us up vulnerably. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes it a lot harder to see somebody objectively when you still should be seeing them objectively I mean you've only gone on three dates with them Ooh, you've only (laughs) if you think about your girlfriends right I'm like wow it took us so many times of hanging out to get to this level of intimacy that we have where I can come to you with my deepest problems Mm -hmm. why do I treat a romantic situation differently Mm. and I think that's that's been something that I've been really aware of as I kind of get back into dating and I'm talking about even a kiss right like I try now, even on first dates, 
as much as I like this person to like not kiss them and like if they want to kiss me on the cheek like that's a different story but I think in tandem with that the other thing that I'm being really intentional about is going on first dates that do not revolve around drinking I think in New York especially Mm. there is this culture around like let's go to a bar to go get a drink on a first date and I think we all know this like a drink in somebody is a lot easier to talk to They look a lot better. And I think that's when we start justifying away a lot of the things that maybe we wouldn't as a sober person. And let's face it, you're if you're looking to spend your life with somebody, it's going to be sober for the most part, or at least I hope. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I do think there is something to say about you need to like them sober. Yeah. Yes. Liking them sober and then also liking them for who they are before you get into physical intimacy with them. I love that you're bringing this up because I have been doing so much reflection personally on this because I mean I the podcast I, I don't I don't know if I've actually spoken to this directly on this podcast but I shared it I was on barely filtered with um Kristen Luell and Llewellyn I forget how I pronounce her last name but and Aurora Culpo and I bore it all it's called barely filtered and I was Maybe not even barely filtered. <laughs> I'm mostly, most of the time though, I'm barely filtered. I'm so honest and real on the internet. Sometimes I wonder if I'm being a little uh, risque, but <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> I think this is why we love you. <laughs> Aw, that's the, I, I hope it's to help people um, and let people in and, and empower and encourage, but, and learn from my mistakes. Um, but I mean, I, I shared this on their podcast. I don't know if I've directly said it here, but I did not have sex until my wedding night, which was at age 24. 24 yes age 24 and I did not kiss that man until I mean the ring had been purchased and I wasn't engaged yet it was like a week or two before I was engaged and my parents blew up when they found out that I kissed him before my wedding day like it was such a problem like it was wildly blown out of proportion clearly but that's the kind of culture I grew up in and I have clearly gone the opposite direction I ran the opposite direction for a while and I found myself like I'm an empowered woman I'm gonna you know have fun and I'm gonna enjoy sex and you know do whatever I want and I you know I haven't had a lot of that (laughs) a lot of time trying like being free and exploring because I went from being married to six months later being with Jeff um, and it was during COVID so I think I slept with one person before him um, in between my marriage and I I do feel like exploring yourself is important because I learned so much from the sex I had this year that was really helpful for me in getting to know what I need and like sexually but on the other hand it can be really damaging like you're saying and I think kind of where I've landed is similar to you where it's kind of happened alongside of me stepping into this place of loving myself and seeing myself as an at my greatest asset I am going to protect myself and I am going to be selective with who I share my energy with because sexual sexual because sexual energy is so potent and powerful and also like you're saying it creates this bond I will also say though emotional intimacy creates this bond because I felt like I created such an emotional uh emotionally intimate bond with this guy I was getting to know in September that screwed me over in thinking clearly about how he was acting a bit 
because I really let him in and started like talking about problems and like getting his advice. And I think there's so much to be said about taking it slow with all forms of intimacy. Not that you, we can't categorize or compartmentalize as women and be objective still if we've had sex with a person. But I also am at this place where I'm like, I want to protect myself and I am not trying to push the timeline off because I also am, I'm 33 now and I'm excited to call in my life partner, you know, but I'm also realistic. I don't have limiting beliefs around kids and my ability to get pregnant because I'm not going to engage in that narrative that we're being told as women you know but at the same time I'm like okay I understand biology is a real thing I'm probably going to get to know the person two or three years before we have kids that's putting me at 36 so like I am aware of the timing of it all and I don't want to be wasting time on men that are not at all like aligned or a viable partner you know so it's I think you're so right that it's not about shame I think that the patriarchy and and Christianity and religion has made it about shame. And that was why I was like withholding in the beginning. And that's not a reason to withhold. You should not have shame. We're sexual beings. There's nothing wrong with having sex. Have sex with whomever you like, whenever, wherever. I mean, obviously not if you're like cheating on somebody, like do it ethically. But, you know, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about your well-being and what's empowering you. Yes, totally. And I think I meant to say like it should happen when it feels right Mm -hmm. yeah, and not necessarily because you feel this pressure of like, gosh, now we're on date X, whatever Mm -hmm. that number is for you that I feel like I need to do this. Because I think when I look back at like, I don't know, either my personal situations or my friends, like I think often it's like, you're still pretty unsure about this person. Mm -hmm. And then you open yourself up at, at that level. And I, I think in society too, we kind of battle two extremes. There's like the one extreme kind of, I think from all cultural backgrounds that the three of us come from, that it's Mm -hmm. like you like sex should be like the last thing that happens Mm -hmm. versus living in a society that is very like, you know, you should like, of course, like women, men, I think everybody is able to do what they want with their body without any judgment. But I think finding and navigating what feels right for you and that it does not need to be one or the other. And it can Mm -hmm. be something that Ruhi creates, something that Archita creates for herself, something that Jordan creates for herself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I often find that whatever physical intimacy it is, whether it's a kiss, whether it's a makeout, whether it's having sex with somebody, I tend to become more, um, I can't think of the word right now, but it's like you're understanding towards them maybe no you're I feel like I'm more willing to like accept things that maybe I wouldn't Uh, without that yes because I think again like for me physically connecting with somebody opens me up on a a level that like not many people see me at and so Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to get at you did say earlier that like with friends like you tend to be super forgiving so I I think you're right I think like with any kind of intimacy and I'm also not saying don't have sex early on like I can think of I had a couple of great experiences where I had sex early on with people and I I wasn't attached it didn't make me anxious like it felt like a good experience and I but I felt safe with them emotionally physically like I there was something about my intuition that told me it felt safe um and that's what I listened to And it was a great experience. I don't regret it. Um, But yes, I think we tend to be more forgiving and understanding with anybody we've created intimacy with. And that can be emotional or physical. And I think it's just something to be careful of. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I mean, I've had, I'll say, I guess one thing that separates me from both of you is I was 
mostly single in my early 20s. Like I've never been married and I feel like I have taken, <laughs> I have never, I mean, it's, it's different when you're in that long-term what relationship. To be in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but it's, it's different. You guys have had these long-term relationships that were so serious so early on mm. versus I feel like when I was in my early 20s, I moved to New York when I had just freshly turned 22 and I was like, you know, you, I come from a background. I was, I was born in India. Like I immigrated to the U S you have this like very, Wait, um, I didn't know it's that like about a very, you. yeah, it's yes. I thought you were born in Texas, <laughs> No, <laughs> but you come from this background where even when you would visit, it's like, you know, you need to cover up and it's like, um, I don't want to say it's, it's this feeling of shame, but it, it's nothing. You don't really discuss it with your parents. You don't discuss it with people growing up like sex is just not a topic that feels comfortable Mm. and so I feel like I spent a lot of my childhood again not really like even thinking about it um and then when I moved I was like I I live in New York City I have a job here I have a place here like I was so free and open with my body and like listen like I probably went through phases where I was like out all the time and I was like oh should I have slept with him like Maybe not, but I feel like I learned so much from Mm -hmm. that. And I never, ever, like, I don't hold myself to ever, like, regretting, like, oh, my God, like, why did I do that? Or, you know, when people talk about body counts and it's like, oh, her body counts so high and this. And it's it's that feeling of shame, I feel like, that holds women back from really going after what they want. Hmm. And... Yeah, I, I think I just approach things, again, with a date. Like, do not ever feel pressured. I know a lot of women are like, well, he paid for a very expensive meal. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I need, well, like, I feel like I owe something. And I'm like, you don't owe this person anything. Like, mm-hmm. you're going on a date. You're learning about each other. Like, they're courting you. Like, do not ever feel, if you're not ready, to do something with someone, whether that is even just kissing them or whatever, just because they paid for something expensive like don't ever feel that and if someone makes you feel like that that is a whole different Mm -hmm. conversation that you need to have but I just say with dating like do you do what you want do what feels right like I have friends who slept with their partners on first dates and Mm -hmm. they are in long-term relationships yeah like sometimes it feels right I mean Jeff and I hooked up on the first night yeah I have friends that and they're like moving into like year five and things are very healthy with them and you know they were like oh my god like we it was a blackout and we had sex and you know, I never thought I'd hear from them and they're together. So you never know. I'm like, don't ever let that be like your, yeah. your limiting setback. Like do again, do what feels right. But again, there is another thing to this. And this happened with like a, a friends with benefits relationship that I had where I thought I could keep it strictly platonic and be like, okay, yeah, we're just, we're just casually, mm-hmm. casually sleeping together, which really does it sound it's, right? it's an oxymoron. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, it doesn't really mean anything. And for him, and I think this happens more with men, they are a lot better at compartmentalizing versus with women, you know, you're thinking, and I'm not saying this is like women are way more emotional. It's not in that sense, but I, I was noticing this with him specifically. Um, but he could compartmentalize and it was very easy for him mm-hmm. versus for me, I was like tricking myself into believing like, oh, this doesn't mean anything and we can just sleep with each other and um, it's it's fine at the end of the day because it was just hurting me deep down. So again, I think you have to like tune into that too um, and don't, don't try to like trick yourself. Sometimes it's a lot easier said than done. 
Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting topic and I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it on your podcast and more people are being more open about sex because again, it's something that I feel like a lot of us did not grow up just feeling open and empowered to do so. Yeah. yeah. No, I love everything that you, oh wait, go ahead, Ruhi. Yeah. I wanted to add one thing. So I'm also Indian by background, um, culturally, and I think like there was a lot like sex was very taboo, right? Like I've never had the conversation with my parents. Like I till this day don't even know what that sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I've I really never didn't asked either. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but, none of us had the conversation with our parents. That's really funny. This is why we've needed each other to get their day. So I think like sexuality for me has been really interesting just since I was really young, what I want to say is we've been talking a lot about like self-growth mm-hmm. and I think that comes back to emotional self-growth. I think everybody also goes through a period of sexual growth and mm. whether that's by yourself, with other partners, it doesn't matter what path you take to get there. But I think my original point was getting to a place where that's not the thing you need to assess. I think it's a critical part of a relationship. I think like physical chemistry is a core, core value that mm-hmm. I also look for. Yeah, um, it's important. But letting it play out at the right time and also being comfortable with yourself, right? I think like as we're all navigating our like 20s and even our like college years, I think back to like when I was in college, I was married um, much of my early 20s, but I never let that stop me from exploring my sexuality with that person. Even if it was with one partner, I was still like experimenting in different ways. And I think even sexually, when I look at where I am today, I've really come to a place where I know what I bring to the table Mm -hmm. and I am so confident in it that I'm not seeking any sort of validation from, from anybody now at that point. Um, and I wish my younger self could have heard this because I think mm-hmm. I would have, I don't know, maybe it would have changed my path a little bit. I think I would have still gotten here. I just think maybe I would have gotten here sooner. Yeah. Yeah. I And I just, yeah, I love, I love that we're having this conversation too. And I didn't mean to come at the sex thing from a, cause I really appreciate your experience, Archita as well. Like, like what you were sharing and like, I, I don't want to be coming at it as like you shouldn't have sex on the first date if that's what feels right to you because like I've had that happen and it has been I think healthy for me and then I think I can think of experiences where it wasn't I think it really I don't like and this is something with the protecting ourselves and valuing ourselves it doesn't mean that we're treating ourselves like a fragile glass, you know, figuring that needs to sit on a shelf. And this is something I talk about a lot with my coaching clients and coaching. It's not, the goal is not to protect yourself from pain, hardship, and conflict, like to, to never have that again. Like, yes, we want to protect ourselves to a degree because that is, I mean, what's the saying? Like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Like there is a toll that going through these emotionally damaging experiences has on us and I want to go far in life and so I want to try to avoid any unnecessary things that are going to drain me of my energy and time and just well-being and joy but on the other hand like the goal is not to avoid any pain it's to be be resilient to be able to handle the depths and widths of life and the ups and the downs and go through it all and and really enjoy the journey and like be resilient through all of that. Um, so yeah, I just, I think it's, I think, yeah, 
this is such an important conversation because it's it's just not being had and so many people are trying one way or trying the other or or like me reacting to one way and then it's kind of like a pendulum swing that I feel like I've been on where I'm kind of finding this middle ground that works for me where I'm protecting myself but I'm also like you're saying you know experiencing or like you were saying Archita experiencing and getting to know myself and what I need and what's important to me and also just living life and pleasuring myself because that also is important like sex is sex is amazing with good people we deserve that I'm like I'm like laughing internally right now because I just thought about like I have this vivid memory I'm like walking down the street I think I'm like going to get my hair cut and I get a text from you and you were like hey can you like help me with something like what like what is casual dating you were like have you oh my god you were like have you heard of this term before and I literally stopped and I was like Jordan I was like I will voice note you after my haircut because I was like I could tell you all about this casual dating oh my god no yes this was I think like June yeah June or July or something guys Artita literally <laughs> has been my dating coach I forgot I forgot I was how, like oh yes I know about this how casual I knew. dating <laughs> that's so I was so confused because I was like so wait we're like spending time together getting to know each other eventually we started hooking up but like this is definitely not going anywhere and it just it made no sense to me like what is this yeah I was like I I don't know and I guess guys and it was I guess for enjoyment and I did enjoy it but there are I guess there is a part of me and I feel like maybe women are more this way where I was like that kind of made it made me sad that like well if we're enjoying each other so much and it's going so great like there there's like how can there be no potential of this going like that just made me sad and it also I guess wasn't aligned with it was aligned with where I was at in the summer getting to know what I wanted with dating and men and sex but um I think I was like this is really not really aligned with what I know I want deep down which is a life partner (laughs) yeah but again that comes down it's more of like emotional availability at that point and that wasn't on you because you were like, okay, well I'm seeing the potential, but they're not. Yeah. Um, and again, same thing happened and it was, he just compartmentalized a lot better. And he was like, I'm not like, I just want this to be casual. And they, although it felt very much like a relationship at times, it's like, yeah, he, it he wasn't. felt like a real, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> was I know. Okay. Like it happens, but those are those experiences again, where you're just like, okay, like, listen, I like you. I like spending time with you. I like having sex with you. And but I want a relationship. So if you're yeah. not going to give me that, then yeah. like, sorry, I, I can't do this. Like, yeah. like play relationship, casual, whatever it is. But again, that's sometimes maybe if they're not ready for that level of emotional commitment. And this happens. It's not only men, like for women too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if one person isn't ready and they really do strictly just want to keep it, like I can take the emotions out of it. That's on them, but they need to find someone else that wants that. And you don't need to change your belief or anything right? to do that or to convince yourself like, okay, you know, this, this is what I want. Yeah. I also want to say, I think level of readiness Mm. is also something to focus on and kind of pay attention to. I randomly was getting coffee at a blue bottle a couple weeks ago and this lady walks in has a very similar dog as Coco um, and we start chatting and I learned that she's a professional matchmaker. So we ended up having coffee together um, and she, you know, I think she was like off the clock unofficially, but probably got into her like matchmaking ways, um, but started asking me about kind of where I am romantically in my life and I made this comment to her I was like wow I guess I should start going down my resume with you 
as in my, my dating resume. And that got me thinking later. I was like, wow, you know, just like with work, we have like a career progression. We also have a relationship progression and you can't go. I could never go from I'm divorced to I'm ready to call in my, my forever relationship. True. I think we also have to be honest with ourselves as to what the next realistic step for us is. And sometimes it can be, I want to learn more about myself. I was in that phase like last last summer, so summer of 2022, when I was dating people, meeting them, really getting to understand the different types of people that exist and figuring out for myself what it is that I need. And from there, I was able to call in, okay, now I need somebody who's a little bit more serious. I need something that's going to feel a little bit more serious and going to kind of bring me back into that mindset. And so that happened for a year. And now I feel like I've taken so much time off by myself. And again, like it's identifying what that next realistic step is for you and like fully embodying that and calling that in with whatever that looks like. If it's I want to be in a serious relationship, then it's like I I know. Do I feel ready to be fully emotionally intimate with somebody? Mm. Am I in a place where I no longer need to shop around. Do I know what I want? And am I confident in that? And I think somebody who doesn't know what phase they're in doesn't know what they want. I know a lot of people who will say, I'm ready for a serious relationship. But when it shows up, they're still too afraid to stop seeing other people. And when I ask those friends, you know, what is it that you're looking for? They will describe this person that's in front of them. But then they followed up with, I still want to see what else is out there. I'm not ready to like fully commit to this person, even if they've gone on five or six dates. And so I think being being honest starts with being honest with yourself first and then being honest with the other person. That's such a good point. And I think that is probably what leads to a lot of the pain and confusion in dating. I feel like a lot of people don't actually figure out where they're at and what they want. And And so it's, again, this helps with the anger part. It's like just, I guess, understanding. Like most people out there are not trying to be a bad person. And, but I think it's this, they they haven't done maybe, I think this kind of is each person's responsibility to be fair to other people, but I don't think most people do this. And I didn't even know to do that with myself because I was confused this summer about what I wanted. I was still living with my ex, but I was so excited to meet my life partner because I was like, sad that that didn't work out and but also I didn't want to be in a relationship I wanted to explore and I should have probably just gotten really clear within myself like what exactly do I want right now um I guess I eventually did I was like I want to have a lot of fun and explore myself sexually this summer um but I think I was still wanting a relationship which is probably why I manifested that situation that was confusing because I was confused within myself but you're so right I think that clarity just serves everybody with like clarity surrounding where you're at Mm -hmm and what season you're in. Well, I think, I mean, we've been going for an hour and 26 minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> this has been so fun. Um, and I hope that, I mean, I learned so much from Archita and Ruhi and um, I hope everybody listening has gotten a lot of, if not just laughs and encouragement, but also like really great practical things they can take to apply to their dating life and just to feel more empowered and have more success. I feel like a lot of the a lot of the advice surrounded clarity and staying true to yourself, uh, which just are really great through lines in just every area of life to keep in mind. Um, so thank you ladies for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank this you is for fun. having us. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to share, you shared your TikTok. Do you want to share Instagram, Ruhi? Um, I can share mine. Yeah, you share it's yours. 
Archita underscore P. Um, She's always sharing yeah, her I'm fun flittings like, <laughs> about. Follow me if you want to know where to get a good martini in New she, York. Seriously, Archita knows all of the best spots for cute, like, Instagrammable fun moments that also have good food or drinks. She is always taking me to spots, and I'm just like, how? How? Did, but, well, you've been here for... Eight years. Yeah, yeah. So you're almost a real New Yorker at this point. Oh, yeah. Wow. Two more years. Oh, oh, my goodness. I don't know where time is going, but... Anyway, I hope you guys love the conversation and let us know. I mean, you guys can always let me know. You know where to find me. Now you know where to find Archita and Ruhi. Give them a follow and yeah, see you guys here next week.